0: Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy
1: Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist.
0: And today we want to talk to you about connections. We are live in New York City, having spent the weekend reconnecting with family and seriously enjoying the nurturing that connections can bring. And connections are why we live. It's our connections from brain cell to body cell that make our bodies move, that allow our organs to function, that keep our systems interconnected and actually
1: allowing us to thrive. And as social, social creatures, we need connection. That is a very basic social instinct that we are born with. Uh, the connections you get when you have a child, the connection you get with people, the connection you have with animals, those are all imprinted into our genes from thousands and thousands of years back
0: it's an architecture archetypical Archetypical. it's an archetypical architecture there you go the thing is that it is connection that allows you to train an animal and that's how we can see the difference a lot of times in some of the equine canine I've yet to meet a feline trainer um, because connectivity with a cat is based on their terms, not ours. Uh, That being said, the depth of the connections, the ability for those connections to expand when new information comes in is what thriving is all about. And when we can connect The ability to do something, which often comes from the ability to take in new data, to be open in our connections with other creatures, both biped and
1: quadruped. And there's so many levels of connection. You know, levels of connection meaning there's physical levels and emotional levels. There's so many different levels of connection. There's a level of connection when you get into the cab and say hi to your cab driver to the connection that you have with your partner in life. There are so many depths of those connections and how you attain those or how you want those to progress is totally up to you.
0: Well, the fascinating piece in in why connection matters so much is that Disconnection causes dis-ease, both on an emotional and in a physical level, that when we are able to get messages from our brain to our body parts, then they can function optimally. When we get a message from our leg to our horse and they're trained to understand the meaning of that connection, then they move forward and metaphor the hell out of that one because there's so much about the idea of, it's not just the aid for the equine or the click for your canine. It's how that meaning is interpreted and whether you're on the same page or you are disconnected.
1: Oh, that's true with words. I mean, how many times do words create disconnection? Because you have a Fine. You, have, you have an idea of what that <laughs> word means, and I have an idea what that word means, but it's not the same in both of our heads. And that word doesn't mean what yeah, you yeah, think that it that means. means.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Inconceivable. And, and you exactly. Exactly. And you know, we've witnessed so many people going, well, I asked my Animal to do this and they wouldn't listen. So then, instead of asking differently, the human will often ask louder, ask, you know, uh, and, and more repetitively, as opposed to truly connecting and taking in the information that you need to be more flexible. Okay. And we build connections by repetition. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you build connections a lot of times unconsciously. You know, this is something that has really been studied a qu- quite a bit in neurolinguistics. The ability to connect with people isn't necessarily through your words, but through your body language and the through breathing patterns. Those are what create those initial connections. Because you know, when you walk into a room full of people, there's you can walk into the room and go, "Ooh." I don't want to talk to that person. How do you know that? And at the same time go, oh, you start talking to a person and in five minutes you act like you've known each other your whole lives. What makes the difference in that connection?
0: And often what it is, is we have the ability to take in more information than we're conscious of what we're suggesting in order to connect in your community in order to create more community how do you build the connections that will nurture you the brain has synapses and the more times You do something. The more times you drive down a road, the more familiar you become with it and the more comfortable you become with it. So by choosing the path and then repeating that path, you strengthen your connections. And a lot of times what you can do with that when you are working with a horse or working with a dog is to notice how they respond best and repeat that and then build on that connection and what we can do there is listen to the leg listen to the leg what does it mean when you put leg on the horse and it starts to move there's an aid there's a click you give to the dog and it starts to move and you reinforce that so reinforcing connectivity builds more connections but the the suggestions you make when you don't realize it, if you're not open to noticing whether you are connecting or disconnecting, you may be making suggestions and getting responses that are building something else. So awareness is critical.
1: And your approach is so important. I mean, mean, adults, adults, as we get older, we really kind of suck at it, unless you have a baby come into the room. You get a baby come into the room, what happens? People turn into little children. They're down on the floor, they're they're making funny noises. They're becoming, they're trying to create the connection with that baby. They're so good at that, but sometimes with other adults, you don't try to walk it so hard.
0: Well, it's a lot of times as we have this persona that has a wall of disconnect around it. And as they would say, we were at a party the, uh, a couple of weeks ago and someone brought puppies. and. Everybody's down on the ground and the puppies are crawling and all of the barriers to connectivity were dropped in the presence of puppies, you know, and I'm sure you've experienced this in your life. And we were, we were talking earlier about how animals connect with people and how sometimes, you know, we, we have it with clients who are bringing their animals to our house and the connection is so strong that that way they pull into the neighborhood the dog starts to react. And Dave was saying that, you know, they start wagging their tails the second they see me. Yeah,
1: because Wendy's created this connection with them. And they've also linked with feeling better, obviously, to seeing Wendy. Uh, The joy that they get because they know how much better they're going to feel, I don't know if that's really true, but they have, (laughs) (laughs) I made that up. Uh, But they have an association that she makes me feel better, or they have an association with this is a fun place to be. And they just get so excited. We have people that say, my dogs don't do that with anybody. They do it with her because of the connection she's able to make consciously and unconsciously.
0: Well, it's a lot of times when we want to connect um, and this is true it, within our bodies and in our internal connections and in the outside world is being able to read the signals that are coming in to say this is acceptable, this is not acceptable, as opposed to having a uh, absolute dogmatic uh, protocol. And I, uh, what I mean by that is I... Will approach a dog and if it looks sideways at me, I'll approach it differently, and I'll keep approaching it differently until it allows me
1: into its world. You just have to do things differently. There is no systematic step one, step two, step three, step four. Because everyone is different. Right? And and you think of some basic basic thing is like a name. All right. Everyone has grown up with their name, and they've created a persona around their name. Sometimes they change their name because they have a persona that they like better than that name used to be. Like, and it no
0: longer reflects who they it are. No longer
1: reflects who they are. Like, our uh, our our niece, her her name is Brianna, but everyone everyone, including those closest to her, call her Bree, and that is her association with who she is. And That's how people are with their name. And this is something that I've worked on my whole life, is trying to pay attention to someone's name. How that name is said, both tonally, because the tone is important, but also listen to the rate and to the rhythm of how they say their name. Because they've been called that name and they've created a persona inside their own head when they hear that name said correctly. And we used to do a process where we would have a group of people and one person would get in the center and they would go to each person and say mm-hmm. their name. Oh, yeah. And they would say their name over and over and the person would repeat it over and over until they get not and they didn't move from that person until they got it right. Until they got, the person goes, Oh, that's my name. And then they would go to the next person and they would do the same thing and they go all the way around the circle. And then when they got to the end, the person would stand in the center and everyone around would say their name. And it was so powerful because that person is being bathed in acknowledgement. And that is so key to some connection in life.
0: It was magical, I experienced that. And we experience the other when someone misnames you. And if you can't, if any of you have known what that felt when you have been called by a name that's not yours or had someone choose to shorten your name or nickname your name and you cringe because it's not you so that's a piece of how important connectivity is and you know for those of us who have named our animals sometimes the animal goes yeah i'm not responding to that Uh, so it's it's less evident in the animal world
1: but the message in message out is equally evident but it's not the word always it's the tonality because I, I know that with my horse if i call his name a certain way or a, <laughs> in really nice tone or if i use a not so nice tone there is a definite response to how that tone comes through probably not the word that i use the tone i used is very important
0: oh there's no doubt that's why my horse looks at you and runs the other <laughs> He does. Way. he is so good because he can feel it and it's it's fascinating how the connections develop in ways that are nurturing and in ways that are dysfunctional. And by observing it, by being open, you can absolutely tell the difference and work to create the connections and repeat the actions until they become second nature. You know, So the more you do something, the more connections neurologically in your brain form to make it easier and easier and easier to do that and that's why when we anticipate and fear connecting with a dog, a horse or a human, we are less likely in that state to take in information and be flexible enough to create the connections and be open to receive the connection, you know, because it is a 100% a two-way street and we really want to help you create the ones that benefit you and make you thrive in the relationship, particularly since it's an equine podcast, with your equine and canine partners, you know, and uh, it's it's a matter of building and building on foundations and continue to build. You know, as we talked about listening to the response when we go into the horse, and we learned this back when we first wrote our first equine chiropractic book by 2008, I think, or 2006. And Dustin, who um, is our veterinarian and son, uh, we were writing the book and I said, we always start here. And his response was,
1: "Um, no, you don't, (laughs) you don't always
0: do anything, you know? And I went, well, that's interesting. In my brain, I had created a pattern in my reality I listen to what the horse says, and if it's this, I'm not comfortable with this technique, then we immediately, before the conscious brain is there, start doing it
1: differently. Yeah, because so much of our communication is unconscious, and especially with animals. You know, you can talk to the animal, and they look at you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, and they listen to the tones that you use. They watch the body postures that you use those are their cues because how do they survive in the wild they're herd animals so what do they do they breathe with each other you know that that's really common in a herd because if one horse in the herd spooks what happens within a millisecond the rest of them spook <laughs> One dog in the house runs to the door. They all know someone are, must be there, <laughs> right? But how, you know, they don't talk to each other. So what is it? There's an unconscious communication that develops in that. And we have that even as human beings because of our social rising to our intelligence level. We don't have that same unconscious awareness that they do, but it is inside you. And you do have that because you walk into a room and you go, oh, I know I like that person. Ooh, I don't think I'm going to like that person. How is it that you know those things? You know, because it's those unconscious cues that become very important. And I watch this a lot of times with some of the veterinarians. They walk into the stall, they pull a needle out and they stick it in the horse's neck. And you, know, you can see the shock in that horse sometimes, and and they wonder why. Oh, that horse can smell a vet a mile away. A lot of times, it's just because it's there's no connection. They don't allow. They don't have. They don't give the time to have that connection. Whereas, a lot of the chiropractors and that that or the even the vets that do animal chiropractic, there's a different connection. There's touch. A lot of touch is involved in working with the animal and. F- And communicating with them, oh, I see this spot really hurts. Let's work on that. There's a whole different connection because of touch. And you can go even a deep depth further and talk about breathing patterns and how breathing with that animal can make a big difference.
0: Well, it's funny when you also have to know that it's hard to make... a definitive statement on how to work with a horse or a dog or, or another human because everyone runs their brain differently and you can have a forgiving animal and you can have a horse that one time some you know someone touched its ear in an unpleasant way and it can take months or years to repattern and create a connection that's stronger than the unpleasant connection they've already made it's taken me six months to get my horse to let me touch his ear again after something hurt it and it took uh and i had to actually check myself Every time I'm like, oh, just get over it. And I grab the ear and he's like, now you've sent us back another month. Thank you very much. Instead of continuously finding new input, this is pleasant, this is pleasant, this is pleasant, until the head drops and it's like, okay, here, I'm going to now offer you the ability to connect with me. So uh, without, you know, without trying to create a process The process is whatever it's going to take to get the results, to get the connections, to move forward and to thrive.
1: I I had this with a horse the other day, a horse that I've been working on for a couple of years. And it's not always the nicest horse to work on. She doesn't have the best ground manners. But I noticed this time that she was obviously trying to tell me more and she kept hitting her belly with her with her nose and if i got too close to her she put her ears back like don't touch me and i finally said look i finally called the vet afterwards i said i think you know this horse hasn't possibly an ulcerative issue maybe you need to check it out sure enough she came by a couple days later scoped that the day, horse she scoped the horse that day the horse.
0: because of the trust and the relationship and the connection that we've created as being part of the team because right? yes. she scoped it and immediately sent me the picture of the massive ulcerations
1: Yes, and that's all because of the connections that I had with the animal the connections that we had with the veterinarian the connections we have as that team uh, we build a team based on those connections and that becomes a very very important aspect in life who in your life is part of your connections that makes that part of the team and we
0: appreciate you being connected to us in this way and to sharing this and to being a part of our world because we appreciate you and we will continue to reach out and offer you our opinions on life as long as you choose to listen this is
1: dr wendy corin this is dr dave lundquist and this
0: has been an equiline podcast